This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. So, Java, you see what I'm doing here? I got some big old gumdrop, real old-fashioned with yeah, the, the sugar on the outside. It looked like they got frosting on them. Yeah, those are not uh, uh, the, the new school spice drops. No, no, the, the <laughs> gummy things, those slick gummy things. No, these are old school uh, sugary gumdrops, and I got this thorn bush in my yard. And you told me, and, and I was going to say, I don't know if the gumdrops would make it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the deal is you take it home, and you might have to drill something, make it stand up somehow, and get the kids put gumdrops on them. Yeah. And here's, here's, what you, here's what you do. While they're watching, you spray them with insecticide or something oh. so, so they won't eat them. <laughs> okay. We'll, 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 we'll figure something out. We'll, this, we'll, have, we'll have a separate, a separate eat, eating bag. Old, old school gumdrop tree. Yeah. Now, nah, that, like I said, that thorn bush, did, did that come out from your house? Yeah. Because that thing is ima- uh, amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It'll, it'll keep it, it'll it'll teach people a lesson. They won't be able to get away. <laughs> the reason I brought this up is because this past week I've been doing this the usual thing of making uh, holiday ornaments. ornaments. Yeah, you do stuff. it every year. I, I do it, you know. And I've got you know little things made of seed pods and and uh, uh, sweet sweet gum balls. Look at the sweet gum ball spray painted silver. And I made me a tiny little wreath out of a grapevine and put a so. Uh, Felder, if you put that in, uh, what's it? Pier One Imports. That's like. Fifteen dollars. Well, that's where I get a lot of my ideas. There you go. <laughs> and also, you take pine cones. You know, they're usually well, shaped like a pine cone, and you you slice them into sections, and you spray paint. Look like zinnias. And then um, I think once you put them in the microwave or the oven, kind of open them up. I didn't, don't know about that. Oh yeah, you kind of open them up and get that kind of kind of piney smell, wintry well, you know, smell. It's just that time of year. People are kicking around. You know, they're you know the only thing we're you know if you're walking around the woods, you need to worry about deer hunters and copperheads. Yeah, <laughs> but other than that, it's a great time just kick around and there's seed pods and acorns and and uh, little pine cones and sticks and uh, magnolia leaves. You know, you could take a uh, some uh, some white Elmer's glue type stuff and make designers uh, make designs on magnolia leaves and just drizzle uh, glitter. Although I got to warn you, I was at the pub the other night uh-huh. and this old boy leaned over and said, you know you got glitter in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, what kind of place am I hanging out at? Guys <laughs> with glitter in their ears. Well, that would be me. <laughs> yeah, you, you're the glitter guy. <laughs> yeah. By the way, a couple of weeks ago, you know, last week, uh, somebody called and they stumped me with a plant. And I forgot what the plan is. I had to look it up. We talked about, yeah, we did. We talked about this offline because you kind of figured it out after after no, the show. No, I didn't, I didn't figure it out. I got like thirty something emails saying That's you right. idiot yeah, you. Yeah. It was a it was a type of coleus, but she kept saying colossus or something like that. But anyway, I feel I feel not chagrined, but I feel good because if I don't know something or can't remember something, a lot of people say, "Come on, Felder." You know, don't be that way. Here's what you're talking about. But anyway, if you want to give us a call this morning, it's toll-free, eight uh, something It was a plant call. Uh, she was calling it henna. Henna, yeah. yeah. But she was calling it colossal henna, and it was coleus Coleus henna. henna. There yeah. we go, yeah. And I just, you know, usually I can say, well, what you mean is coleus. And I didn't go that. My brain went the other direction. Yeah. You know, so I never heard of that. Henna colossus. 
But anyway, thank y'all for paying attention and uh, and, and and correcting me, helping us out. That's yeah. what that's what it's what makes it a garden party. Uh, the numbers are toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I got plenty of stuff to talk about. Let's see what's on your mind, and we're going to start out. Well, y'all got this thing at a weird angle. Columbus is Dan in Columbus. Hey Dan, good morning. Uh, good morning. Howdy. What's Hope up? Well, so far so good. Not so bad. Good uh, question. Uh, this fall, I noticed. Just about every azalea bush in the area bloomed, and yeah. I was kind of wondering why it caused it. You think they're going to come back in the spring? Yes, it's a good question. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, more and more people are planting these things called encore azaleas that rebloom. You know, so there's a whole bunch of those out there uh, that are sort of changing the game of stuff, and, and they look almost as good as springtime azaleas, but they bloom in the fall. But anytime we have uh, plants have stress, whether it's a hurricane blowing them around or, or a, a light frost or drought, anything that makes the plant think it's about to die will kick it into a survival and reproductive mode. So we see wisterias and uh, azaleas and others in uh, uh, ornamental pear, things that normally bloom in the spring will bloom in the fall if they've had some kind of stress in the summer. We see that every year after a hurricane on the coast, spring bloom and stuff uh, because it just gets whipped around and that releases a, a hormone called traumatin that kicks the plant into reproductive so uh, it could have been dry or that, that, that sudden freeze or something like that it just kicks but to answer your question they'll still bloom fine in the spring okay uh, like I said I've been around in, this, in the south over 30 years and it was the first time I ever saw it so well, yeah yeah, yeah, you know it's a, and and it's not you know the, when you, we see it a lot you know after a really hard dry summer or again after hurricanes or something like that but uh, you know just usually weather just kicks plants into into stress. Okay, great, thank you. I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for calling in about that. Uh, okay. Bye. Okay, now we're gonna slide up the road to Nashville, Tennessee. James, what's going on, man? What's what what are you doing calling this far south? Um, I love your show. <laughs> thank you. I love your show. I listen to it all the time, even when I'm not doing anything at all, just walking around the yard. <laughs> I love your past shows, and I know I'm being crazy right now, but I love your show. Um, I have, I have, I live in a mobile home, and I live on two and a half acres, uh-huh. and I have an English oak. That's what picture this. The app picture this says it is. Yeah. And it's close to the front porch, and I like to transplant it, but I don't know when, but it still has leaves on it. How, how big is it? How tall is it, it? I think it's about maybe a foot, foot and a half. Oh, tall. yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, easy to do. Yeah. That, it's easy to move back then. Uh, for, first of all, the English oak, rober oak, is uh, it looks a lot like our native white oak, you know, with their kind of rounded lobe. So you could have a type of... Of, uh, yeah, of of white oak. There's a lot of seedling diversity. Diversity. You get a whole bunch of trees, all the same species. The young ones, some are going to have bigger leaves or pointer than others. So it might just be that. Uh, so I'm not saying you you don't have an English oak, but usually you know we 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 have white oaks look a lot like that. Anyway. Um, if you want to move it, let's wait until you get a, a good. Fr- have you had a good freeze yet? I know it, it did up in North Mississippi. Um, actually, I live closer to uh, between Nashville, Tennessee, and the Tennessee 
um, Kentucky line. Yeah, okay. I live in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Okay, so yeah. We've had a couple of falls. Okay. Well, but, you know, w- once that's happened, the trees have gone dormant. You can move it any time from now until, I'm going to say, late February. It's easier to do it now because you can still find the dirt before it gets snowed and all that stuff. But the main thing is... Uh, uh, James, when you move it, um, you know, try to get a little bit of a root ball. But most important is when you replant it, plant it at the same depth, not an inch deeper. You know, matter of fact, you might plant it half an inch higher to allow for settling. Because if you plant it an inch or so deep, that can stun it, believe it or not. But yeah. it's not any problem moving a tree that's, uh, one, I mean, even seven or eight feet tall. But uh, a one-year seedling, they're real easy to move. But let's wait till. Till uh, you know, if you go in and dig the hole where it's going first, and then just dig it, stick it in the ground, throw some water around it, walk away from it. Okay, I have another question, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, the second question is: This past spring, I did not actually uh, uh, do anything to the flower pots or the plants that I have. Mm-hmm. So, should I wait until springtime to actually repot my flower pots? Are they out, outdoor? Are they outdoor or indoor stuff? Actually, what I do is I put them on the front porch, and then in the winter time they're on the table because I'm a single person, so it's like not that big of a deal. But they're in the kitchen yeah. right now, and they're different parts of the house. Yeah, so well, I could repot them this spring, or should I do it now? Well, just uh, you know. Tropical plants, you know, most potted plants, if they're, if they're indoor-type potted plants, have to bring them in the wintertime. Tropical plants, they grow all year, so they don't know what seasons are. See, so you can repot them any time you get around to it. So, okay. um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, whatever's easiest on you, really. But the, the thing is, if you repot things now... Uh, over the wintertime, they they may stay a little bit wetter than they want to. So don't overwater plants. You know, when you repot them, water them really good, but let them get a little on the dry side between soakings because the the fresh potting soil holds water longer than the old stuff does, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, excellent. Because my grandmother, I was under my grandmother's skirt tail my whole life. Yeah. And so, so uh, you know, Aunt Mamie, as you always say, Aunt Mamie, <laughs> hey, uh, Mamie. you know, yeah, yeah. So my grandmother taught me all these things, and I would like to everybody else in the world. So you talk to cool, and I, I like yeah, yeah. All it's right. Cool. Well, listen, man. You, it, you appreciate your call. Thanks, James. Appreciate you listening in too. Thank you. Have a beautiful rest of the day. Thank Bye. you. All righty. He's excited. Yeah, James, I appreciate you calling all the way from uh, Henderson. Did you say Hendersonville? Yeah. Yeah, no, right. No. Uh, yeah. All the way up there. Uh, I love it when we get those out-of-state calls. Yeah, I've got a Matter of fact, I got an email from a lady the other day who, uh, and I'm trying to find it, where she, she's not from the South. Uh-huh. And she listens to it all the time. She said, I don't have anything to say, just we appreciate it. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not bragging on us. I'm just bragging on the fact that gardening is a universal thing. Yeah, but, it's, know, a, you know, it's a very broad reach, and, and, and I really like that about this show and appreciate it, too. All righty, let's slide down to Van Cleve, Mississippi, down closer to the coast. What's up, Rachel? Hello. Howdy. I've got several questions. Okay, May, keep keep them quick because you got a kind of a you know you sound like you're driving. Uh, just a little bit, yeah. Um, I actually have a hands free, so we're good. Um, actually, I've got several questions. When I heard your program this morning, and I was like, oh, he'd be the person to talk to. Um, my father-in-law is literally the green man. 
<laughs> he's like the Santa Claus of the plant world. He keeps bringing me um, plant gifts and leaving them on my doorstep when I'm not there or not looking. And um, I don't know what to do with some of them. Uh, I have a, he's dropped me off a banana tree, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And several types of different coleuses, which is what intrigued me when you said that earlier about the head of yeah. coleus. Yeah. Um, well, Col- Colus is going to freeze outside. You leave Colus outside, it's going to freeze in Van Cleve. So if you right. want, if you yeah. want to save some, either put them in pots and bring them in, or else root some cuttings. They root in water. Yeah, carried over the winter is rooted cuttings. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> My husband decided to go on a rooting spree. <laughs> yeah. Bless his heart. I've done that too. But uh, see, anyway, the banana, I'd put it in the ground. It's going to die down. Put it in the ground. Cover it with a bunch of leaves, and it'll do fine. Okay. We also have what I believe is what they call an angel trumpet. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a big dude, but uh, <laughs> I'm kind of worried about him because I know he is a tropical plant. No, well, it's a it's a it's a it's a perennial plant. Like Poin said, you go down to Mexico, go to the Caribbean, go to South uh, Florida, uh, South you know, and people park their cars under poinsettias, but they'll freeze to death here. So what you do is you right. just cut it back and and, uh, and and those kind of things. You can cut them back and bring them in. But the angel trumpet is is perfectly hardy, even in North Mississippi. Just as soon as we get us a frost, it turns to mush like the banana. So you just you just cut it down, pile a bunch of leaves on top of it, and it'll come back up in the spring. You can also root pieces about a about a foot or so long. They root really really easily. So, so what most people do is they'll take a few cuttings and then cut the rest of it down and cover it with leaves. And that way, they got you know d- double their chance of it making it. Okay. Also, have another um, couple. Like uh, we're redoing our whole entire yard after Hurricane Zeta. We're finally getting everything sorted out to where we plotted yeah. and planned where yeah. we put things. Um, I was going to start a kitchen herb garden, and I bought a few herb potted herbs over the summer. And none of them are doing very well at all. In, in, uh, wait, 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 wait. Not doing indoor. Are uh, they not doing well indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. Yeah, they were they were outdoors where I bought them, and I figured they'd be okay. Um, but they didn't. They they seem to have gotten some kind of a, a fungus on them. Uh, even the extension service lady didn't know what it was. Um but it's attacking both my sage and the uh, basil. Yeah, well, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> okay, well, listen, we we need to sort of cut the chase because we have to got a break coming up soon. But but here's the thing about about herbs, they're like vegetables. There's no such thing as a herb or a vegetable or you know they're plants that we use for different things. The only thing they have in common is the fact that we use them for culinary, medicine, whatever. And uh, so you know they're not. In other words, they're not all alike. And some are much much easier uh, if we if if they stay wet. Some aren't going to make it. Most of them like to be. A little on the dry side, a little bit of fertilizer, and at least some sunshine. But you know, if you if you try if you treat them all alike, some are going to do better than others because they're all completely different plants with different needs. So, uh, you know, the the coleus, I mean the the basil, 
it'll freeze. You you know, you can root pieces of it and bring it indoors for the wintertime, but basil is a summertime plant. Um, if you want to have a really easy herb garden, the ones that I use the most, the ones that I use that are easy to grow, oregano, rosemary, chives, uh, garlic I plant in the fall. Uh, the, you know, those kind of plants, they are, are literally year-round. You don't have to do anything to them. And then so get your main plants going, and then just tuck a few plants in here and there. And when they don't do well, just pull them up, stick something else in a hole. You know, in other words, you know, have that is a continuing process rather than just one sort of sort of thing. I ran out of steam on that one. Well, Rachel, <laughs> Ra- Rachel came armed and ready. <laughs> yes, yeah, she got some good questions. You know, but you know, when these breaks kick in, they kick in. Um, Anyway, when it comes to herbs, they are individual plants, and some are easy, some are difficult, some are just about impossible here in the deep south because of our our heat and humidity. So uh, you can't really lump them in saying, here's how you grow herbs. You know, you can't do it just like, here's how you grow vegetables. Nope, corn and sweet potatoes don't grow the same. So anyway, not trying to be abrupt, but I appreciate your call on that. And um, we're going to take a little, just a real short break and come back. We've got uh, another call from North Mississippi going from Van Cleve and Rachel all the way up to Olive Branch. So we're going to take a break. Me and Java and uh, Kevin Farrell, our our, uh, esteemed phone greeter today, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Podcasts can be found on our website or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Okay, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. And before we go to this call, here's the, uh, the email I got from this lady whose uh, her name is Diane Brown. She said, I've been listening to you fairly regularly for years now, a Canadian with a winter home in South Florida the past 22 years. She said, uh, uh, I, I always enjoy the show, the oddball tunes, sometimes as much as the gardening comments, and the stuff about your family. So anyway, keep up the work and be well. She's from Canada. There you go, Interna- International Felder. Yep, that's okay, <laughs> that's okay. Um, let's go to, uh, up to Olive Branch. Hey, Barbara, thank you for holding. How you doing? So far, so good. Okay. I was calling about a question about Japanese insada irises. I mm-hmm. dug up a clump of them mm-hmm. back early spring and shook a little dirt off and stuck them in a bucket of water, and I never got around to planting them. What should I do with them now? Oh, they need to be planted. You know, they you know these plants they they like wintertime better than they like summertime. And if you plant them now, uh, they might flop over a little bit. So cut them into a a fan. So they don't fall over and put them outside, um, you know, and plant them shallow. And then in the, they'll get established over the, the wintertime and in the spring. They'll put out all new growth and flower, but they'll do a whole lot better. You know, even if you just work up a little dirt and put them on top of the ground and mash them in a little bit, they'll do better than in a pot over the winter. Okay, and these are the inside of ones that love right. the water? Right. Okay. So still go ahead and plant them right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. 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 They, you know these are outdoor plants, and a lot of people think of water plants as needing water. No, they just tolerate. Well, cypress trees, for example, grow in on bald-headed hills in Japan, even though they're native to to Mississippi swamps. So um, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead and plant. You might want to put them in two or three different places. You know, just to make sure that they're happy. You know, if you okay. if you got different places, you know, if you have a place that's a little bit on the moist side in the wintertime, that's where they'll thrive. 
Okay, that's what I will do. Okay, Thank well, you. it's it's a pretty day for for getting out there and doing some stuff. I know. I'm out here right now. All righty. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, next one is Rebecca South Haven. Yeah, let's go to Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. Good morning. Good morning, Felder. You gonna think I spent the whole week trying to think of a hard question for you? Oh, please. <laughs> you know, it's the easy ones that stump me. You know, I can remember the stupid stuff, but the easy ones just slip right through. Well, I think this one is at least involved. I don't know how hard it is, but um, I think right now is the time to be thinking about it. If somebody wanted to start a community garden, mm-hmm. what are some of the steps? What would they have to do? I mean, I know they have to find where to plant it and that kind of thing, but there's yeah. more to it than that. <laughs> there, there's a lot to it. matter of fact, almost, I, I, for a long time I was a member of the American Community Garden Association. I've started school gardens and worked with community gardens. And, and when I'm in England and Japan and you know in Africa and South, everywhere I go, I visit community gardens. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, all over the country, from Alaska to Florida. And all of them have certain things in common. By the way, they all start out a certain way that never works. And the ones that survive end up, they end up evolving and ending up doing certain things that work. And so my approach is to start with what we know works rather than what people think it ought to do. You know, you know, hear what I'm saying? A lot of times the people start. The next question would be what works? Well, yeah, and it's it's really too too much to talk about here. And I'll be glad to get into it with an email sometime or even do a a, a program on that. But uh, in general, you need a place of plenty of sun access to water got to have water it i hate to say this but it must have a fence it must be fenced in for different reasons mostly for predators and predators can have four legs or two legs but if right. it's if it's not fenced in it's going to have trouble usually they end up with raised beds every uh, participants have their own plots and the biggest i've ever seen are usually like 10 by 20 which is a a big area it's 200 square feet but most of the time they'll they'll have 100 square feet or 150 square but but usually in raised beds um and and they don't have to be have sides on them or anything like that you don't have to surround it with just just raised up beds uh usually a community garden is going to have uh uh, 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 a small shed, uh, just a, a pole place, something where people can get out from the rain, you know, and sit down, you know, with a picnic bench or something, and maybe a a a, a, a board where people can post notices. Uh, but you know, a place out of this, they'll always have a mulch pile, and usually there's there's one or two people who are in charge of the mulch. They'll make sure that tree surgery companies or tree worker companies always dump their you know their their chipped wood, but they 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 get mulch for everybody, and uh, mm-hmm. and they usually have an entrance. Uh, you know, that looks nice to the public, you know, with some flowers and vegetables, a little uh, gate or something like that with some flowers around the entrance, sort of like a little cottage garden. But the main thing is, is uh, in order for it to work, it's going to have to have security with a fence. It's got to have a place to get out of the hot sun and the, and the, the rain. It's got to have water and needs a good supply of mulch. And those are the, the and people will take it from there. Whether you have rules you know, it's going to be all organic. We can't do it. No, 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 no. Right. It, teach each other to garden better. You know, when somebody wants to use seven dust on their stuff, it's not going to kill everybody else's stuff. But teach them how to do better. But in other words, don't come up with a bunch of rules. Um, right. You know, but in, in that's sort of the, the things they all have in common. There's a lot more to it. You can actually go to a community garden association, the American 
I think it's the American Community Garden Association. I can't remember. But there are a lot of sites on there. The problem is they all want to be important, and they come up with all these things you've got to do. You ain't got to do nothing except have fence, okay. water, and mulch. Okay. And, and, uh, right. and you're, you're in, you're in uh, 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 South Haven, right? Right. If you get a chance, slide down towards Oxford. You know where Oxford is? Yep. yep. You know, right off the, the Highway 7 or whatever, the Oxford Community Garden Association got one of the, the best, most active, organized. Not everybody's a good gardener, but it, they, it's one of the best community gardens I know of in the state. And, it's, and you can walk around. If there's somebody in there, you can walk in and talk to them. But if you walk around, you'll see it's got all those those characteristics. Okay, great. Oxford. Right. Oc- I, I the, just knew. Uh, I just knew about now was the time to even start thinking about it. No, 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 no. You know, you think long term. Anytime you get around to it, it's the time to think about doing it. All right. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Felder. Okay. Appreciate it, Rebecca. Let me know how I can help. All right. Bye-bye. You know, Java, I literally take pictures in community gardens on five continents. Yeah, that's... In in England, they the uh, these villages are required by law to have set aside place for people who don't have land to to grow stuff. They're called allotments, and which they, is it's just community garden. And every little community has got allotments. You can see them from the train. You can see them from the road. I've stopped at many just wandering around where local people get together and they share some 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 dirt. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And I we've been to the one. Um, uh, in Oxford. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right That's next right. to the pavilion. Yep. Yeah, and it, it really is nice. Oh, you need, you, need, you need fence, water, and mulch, and people can take it from there. And every ed, every rule you add discourages people. And I like the way you say you start out with what you know works instead of what you think it's going to be yeah. or what you want it to yeah. be. Yeah. Now, let's just get it going. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get it going. Then we'll work it out later. Yeah. Okay, let's go to... Uh, T.J. Kosciuszko. Hey, T.J., good morning. How you doing, Mr. Felder? Not not so bad. Hey, your, uh, your truck garden gave me an idea a couple of weeks ago. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm, is- trying to de- I'm trying to develop a hat garden. Don't <laughs> <laughs> be a hat. You wear that hat, and it's, it's almost like a chia pet. With with stuff going on it, <laughs> you can yeah. look. Like, who 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 is that? Uh, that that uh, that cha cha singer, the woman who had all the fruit on her on her head. Yeah, you know who yeah, I'm talking yeah. about, Kevin. Yeah, the 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 opera the the cha cha Car- Carmen Miranda. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, buddy, you're from a little town. They're going to talk about you. Well, I, you know, they do that anyway. There you I go. Here, but there you go. Hey, I've been I, my lettuce garden. I finished it out, and I've I've got uh, chickweed growing in it. Yep. And I've been I've been eating it. Is that okay? Yeah, it's perfectly. Yeah, eat it. But well, it's, it, it it liable to kill me. She said, "Eat it anyway." No, and the chickweed is perfectly edible, and it grows really well. It tastes better if you put a little vinaigrette on it. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's good stuff. <laughs> and it All is right, edible. All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, TJ. Hey, thank you, Java. Bye. All right. Appreciate your call, TJ. <laughs> a hat garden. I didn't know where he was going with it, but I guess. You know, if you got a felt hat, you can sprinkle a ryegrass seed on it, I guess. But, you know, if you're walking down the street, the bird's going to attack you. Yeah, some, yeah something's <laughs> going to try to get to you. <laughs> 
Okay, let's uh, let's slide over to Forest County and talk with April. April, how are you this morning? Morning. Hello. I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Good. I got some cheesy music going to set your teeth on edge, but what's, what you got going on this morning? Okay, so every year, uh, about this time of the year, um, I take my potted caladiums, mm-hmm. and um, when they start dying off this time of year when it gets cold, uh, I uh, cut off the tops, and um, what I do is I take the pot and all, I just stick it into a, a little room off my garage. And leave it alone. And, uh, and yeah, just it alone. It's not heated, but it doesn't freeze either. Right. Um, my question is, I've recently inherited some um, elephant ear types and taros, uh, several different types. The person was really into a lot of different elephant ear species. Yeah. What I do is the same thing with those because I did not have time to get. No, no, these. No, the caladiums, those, uh, I forget what, they're not tubers. I forget what they're called. They're not rhizomes. They're not, maybe they're tubers. I don't know. But uh, they can go completely stone cold dormant and dry out to just nothing, and they'll come back later. Elephant ears are tropical plants that grow year round, and uh, they may freeze to the ground. Uh, but a lot of times they'll come back, but that, they don't want to do that. So if you don't, you know, it, I, I really don't know what to say because they, they don't want to go dormant, you know, like the, like the caladiums. So uh, the best thing I would suggest is put them, the ones that will freeze, uh, put them indoors and just keep them, as, you know, water them from time to time. Just water them from time to time. Don't let them dry completely out. Um, a lot of them, and the problem with people who collect, not the problem with people, one of the challenges of collecting different kinds of elephant ear type plants is some are cold hardy, some are not. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to tell without looking at it, to, you know, which ones are which. I have, I don't know, four or five different kinds, but mine are the kind that die down, throw some leaves, and come back up in the spring. And the others have to be kept in pots. I don't, I don't fool with I don't have room in my life or my house for, for stuff like that, so... Anyway, if you can't leave them outside, you know, you're going to need to water them from time to time or else they'll, they'll drop and die. Okay. Yeah, that's, I kind of feel the same way. If it, like, can't survive all year round with me, it's something I really don't need. But, like I said, this is a recent inheritance. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things when people, you know, when they, when they gift you plants, you know, they, they assume they're gifting their interest at the same time. And sometimes it, right. don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It's sort of like inheriting a, a, a garden. You know, you buy a house or somebody dies, you move into their house, and they got all these plants and furniture and stuff like that. you got to decide what you want and uh, not feel I, bad about it, you know, because other people's enthusiasm is going to drive you nuts. Gotcha. All right, thank you. Okay, good luck on it. All right, goodbye. Okay, Java, you want to do this other call, then our cheesy music? Yeah, we've had... Because um, Lisa's been Lisa, hanging on yes, for a long time yes, from sir. Hattiesburg. Hey, Lisa, how are you this morning? Good, how are you? So far, so good. We've just been yakking this morning. <laughs> I love the yakking. I grew some seeds this year, some hardy hibiscus in pots. Mm-hmm. The leaves have fallen off of those right now, and I was just wondering, will the roots freeze that are in the pots? Or do, how do I need to take care of that so that they'll grow next year? They didn't give me any flowers, but I figured that's because they were just trying to get started growing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what kind of hardy hibiscus? Because it's a big family. Oh, 
Oh, no, I don't know. They only grew about two feet tall. Now, one of them grew just one stalk on it. Yeah, well, well, yeah. That thing, it grew seven feet tall, and yeah. it did put on flowers. Well, like I say, there are a lot of, it's a big, big family, cotton and ochre in the hibiscus family. The only one that's truly hardy outdoors all the time is what they call Althea or Rose of Sharon, and it's a shrub. But there's a lot of perennials that die down to the ground and come back up in spring just fine. And if it is one of those, uh, I would put it, you know, even if you if you don't want to put it in the ground, take the pot and sink it in the ground and then completely cover it with leaves or bark mulch to protect it over the wintertime. Okay. But without knowing which one it is, I can't give, you know, I, I can't give more advice than that because some are not hardy at all and will die. But uh, if it's called a hardy hibiscus, it should come back, but you need to protect the roots by sinking it at the pot in the ground and cover it with some mulch just to protect the roots. Okay, I'll do that. Do I need to water them through the winter? Not if it rains. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you, but that's my approach. You know, if it, you know, there are some plant, new plants I put in my yard. I water them from time to time. The the new plants. If we go two or three weeks without a lot of rain and sunny and windy, I will water new plants once or twice over the winter time. But that's it. Okay, thank you so much. All righty, appreciate it. Uh, I woke up this morning. Did not want to get out of bed, Java. I did not because I, I went out last night to the the Craftsman's Guild. They have this thing called Chimneyville. Oh yeah, and uh, it's going on today and tomorrow. So Saturday it's, it's at the Craft Center there off of uh, uh, on Rice Road in Ridgeland. Mm-hmm. If, easiest way to get to it, if anybody interested, it's uh, the the second exit north of Jackson on the Natchez Trace. It's got a sign that says you know Craftsman's Guild, Craftsman Center. Anyway, it's really cool. There's a lot of really neat things. The Thundergourd and and all sorts of bottle trees and and uh, ceramic flowers, just a lot of good gardening craft. Uh, that Chimneyville Crafts Festival today and tomorrow. I meet the artists and the craftsmen and and anyway. Long story short, I didn't feel like getting up this morning, so I thought I would play this tune to sort of get me going. We're here at MPB, just trying to get by on Friday morning. Stop hiding behind the pillow Whenever the dawn looks gray Get up, get out, ooh, and meet the sun halfway There may be a fortune waiting, lots of gold or even in... Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's Feldrum Rushing. Me and Java and, uh, and Kevin were yakking during the break. And, by, you know, you, you know about Advent calendars, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, some years ago, I wrote a little ditty about Twas the Night Before Christmas with gardeners in mind. You know, uh, I think one of the lines was, The flowers were nestled all snug in their beds with visions of compost dancing their heads. You know, that kind of thing. But anyway, it, it didn't catch on. Did not catch on. So anyway, I've got a new idea of an advent calendar, you know, where you open up. A, they got 24, and yeah. every day you open up. It's supposed to have, you know, like Bible verses or mm-hmm. little poems or something like that. But now you can get them with chocolates. They have Advent beer calendars. You, oh. you, you know, each day you open up or, or Legos. You know, yeah. I'm thinking, why not have a gardener's Advent calendar? Now that could be something. Well, it could be. You know, something with the gardener in mind. But here's a quick list of stuff that would fit in little boxes no, okay. if, you, if somebody want to do that. And these are things that gardeners appreciate. Little little things. Uh, let me see. Uh, packet of seeds, plant labels, a little gnome. You know, a ball of twine, fingernail brush. Yeah. You know, need something. How about uh, a uh, paper white bulbs for forcing? Um, a waterproof marker, green floor wire, bu- blue bottles for a mini bottle tree, um, 
pot he was a gift certificate from mulch, uh, maybe a little first aid kit with some tweezers and some band-aids. <laughs> you know, this is things that gardeners could use, but so I could see somebody coming up with a gardener's advent calendar. I could well, see this. Especially you said they got the beer kind. I was like, wow. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, matter of fact, a little little bottle of gin might help, too. Just, you know, or, or if nothing else, uh, open it up and there's a thing with muscle pain pills. There you go. <laughs> the other night, I thought I had COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. I was so sure that I had COVID that I said, in the morning, if I still feel like this, I'm going to the hospital. And it turned out I'd just been working in the yard for two days, and I ached all over. And I had this crud that's going around with the, you know, the the allergy type crud. Yeah. But I thought I had COVID. Turned out I took a I went out. I, I bought a little person. I, I don't have COVID. You took not, the test and everything. You're not as spry as you used to be, no, man. But I, I felt like I was dying to realize I'm an old guy. I don't need to be guarded two <laughs> two days in a row. <laughs> hey, let's slide over to Tupelo and talk with Buddy. Wait, wait, oh, wait, no. Because we got to go in order. In Frankie, order. Frankie in Memphis. Okay, Frankie in Memphis. Hey, Frankie, good morning. Good morning, Frank. And it's great to hear your voice again, Felder. Thank you. What's up? Um, I had a 60-foot pine tree taken down. And now I'd like to put some zoysia palisade grass in. Mm-hmm. Is it too late to do that? No, but, you know, but if you put sod down, it's not going to grow. Uh, summertime stuff, St. Augustine, Zoysia, uh, you know, they don't grow in the wintertime. So if you put sod out there, it's, it doesn't have any roots on it. And if we have a, a, a two weeks of sunny weather and the wind, it can dry out and die. So if you put sod out in the fall or the winter, you need to be prepared to water it. You know, at least every uh, a week or two we go without rain because otherwise that sod didn't have roots. Right. See, what you might do, and this is just a, a, a suggestion, would be to put some ryegrass seed out, have something green. You don't have to mow it, but, you know, put some ryegrass seed over the wintertime. That'll hold everything in place. And in the spring, uh, mow it really close, and then the, the roots of the ryegrass, as they die, they make paths for the roots of your new zoysia side, side to get down the ground quicker. But uh, anyway, you could put sod out now, but you got to water it. And at least every week or two will go that rain all winter long, and that could be a real pain. Well, I think that that might be better for me than to wait till summer and then have it die because it can't get on enough. Well, you know, if you put the sod out, uh, zoysia is one of the, the, the later grasses to green up, you know, but it'll still green up in April. A grass plant grows a whole entire new root system in about three weeks so if you put it out in late march or april or even may and just water it two or three times uh, uh, uh once or twice the first week and then once a week for a couple of three weeks really water it well the grass will get completely rooted within a month like it'd been there forever and this is a fact see so the the trick is don't keep it wet like the people who say the sod wants you to do, because they're just trying to protect the sod. But water really deep down through the sod into the ground below and let the sod get almost dry before you water it again. And the roots grow down into the dirt real, real quick. So deep watering every week or two will get it rooted within a month, like it's been there forever. And I studied turf management in Mississippi State. This is true. It's not my opinion. Well, I... I Agree with you. You're you're the best. You know. Well, no, That's I'm not. I'm, I'm not. The, I'm not the best, but I do, I do stick with what I know. If I don't know, I can be a real jerk about that too. <laughs> but uh, I do know that watering really, really uh, well a couple of times a week, the first week 
or so, and then once a week for a couple of three weeks. The grass will be, it's like, you try to pull it up, it's going to wrench your back. Well, good. <laughs> but anyway, if you want to put what it out does, now, you can, you'd have to water it all winter if you put it out now. What type of prep work do I need to do? It just needs to be put on plain dirt. You know, it, like I say, if you grow, uh, put some ryegrass out there, just mow the ryegrass in the in the spring, set it on top, and uh, and it'll follow the ryegrass roots right on down to the ground. Well, that sounds good. All right. Well, I wish you Christmas blessings to all of you. We love you and Java both. Well, thank Take you. Care. We appreciate that a whole bunch. And, Frankie, I hope you have a good good winter time too. Hey, you too. Bye-bye. That was sweet. Yes, thank you, Frankie. We love you and appreciate you for calling in this morning. You know, I got this gumdrop tree, and I know your kids aren't listening, but there's three gumdrops on here. I'm telling them ahead of time. There's three gumdrops on this gumdrop tree I'm t- giving to take to your kids. Now, when I was talking about the gumdrops might might not make it, I really was talking. I wasn't always well, talking about to, the kids. You need to stop by the CVS or something like that, get a, a, a whole bag. Yeah, get a bag to, to ourselves. Yeah, there you go. Okay, now, okay, I don't know. We, now we can go to Buddy and Buddy, Tupelo. Buddy and Tupelo. Hey, Buddy, good morning. Good morning. And I'm on the other end of the state. It's Picayune. Picayune. Okay, well, Kevin over there wrote down the wrong thing. That's quite all right. I've been to Tupelo. It's not half bad. <laughs> what's, what's going on up in, down in Picayune? I just wanted to make a comment about the angel trumpet the lady was talking about earlier. Uh, uh-huh. A trick that I learned when I worked for the Botanical Gardens in New Orleans yep. was that angel trumpets will help plants root better in water. You just cut a small piece of branch, drop it into the water, and you have better success with rooting. The horticulturist told me it had something to do with hormones. Or yeah, it's like a, they, they, they have what's, what's called preformed root initials. Some plants root like ringing a bell because they have lots of this rooting hormone. A willow is the same way. Uh, uh, old-timey, old back before they had rooting powder, people used what's called willow water. Willows root so well that if you stick a willow branch in the ground, it will root. So will bamboo. But uh, what they'll do is they'll cut pieces of willow up, mash them with a pair of pliers, and steep them like, like tea in some warm water. And it is just loaded with natural root hormones. But you're, you're right. Angel trumpet has preformed root initials loaded with it. That's a good, yeah, I mean, t- good tip, I though. very good success with it. I like 100% rootings on stuff in buckets. Well, if you ain't got an angel trumpet, willows do the same thing. Well, that's good to know. Cause I got plenty of willow in the area. Yeah. Hey, when did you work at the botanical garden? Oh, this was back in before the Katrina. Eighties. Before Katrina. Oh yes, before Katrina. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I, I went down there. I was supposed to give a talk at the botanic garden right before Katrina. Excuse me, right after Katrina. And when they opened it back up, I was the first person to give a talk there after they opened back up in that place. I mean, it was underwater, underwater. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. I don't know if the ewes are still there, but there was uh, ewe bushes that lined the main walkways from the fountain on out. I planted every one of those boogers myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you did you use uh, did, did did you root them with <laughs> with angel trumpet cuttings? I don't know. They bought these. These were all bald. 
Yeah. And they were like five feet when they went in the ground. Well, listen, I happen to know there's there's, there's a, a person from England listening to this program, and I'm glad to hear somebody say New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's not just me. Appreciate no, it, man. No, Appreciate okay. it, buddy. Okay. One other thing. Yeah. Uh, my great uncle planted the sweet olive tree that shades over the pond in the garden. Wow. That thing is massive. People don't realize how big they can get. And and the ewes yeah. will do that, too. The Japanese ewes get huge. Right. That's why they put them in big to start with, so they could get to trimming them into that box shape earlier. Yep. All righty, man. Appreciate your call, sir, buddy. All right, sir. You have a great time and a Merry Christmas, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and now a slide to Clinton and talk with John. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, Felder, doing all right. Hope y'all are doing okay this morning. So uh, far, so good. We still got three <laughs> gumdrops. And... Uh, had a couple of questions. One was about uh, I'm trying to grow some blueberries in containers, and uh, I've got some soil acidifier to you know, lower the pH and all that stuff. Uh-huh. It's sulfur-based, and I'm just wondering, I mean, the directions talk about sprinkling it on top of the ground and that sort of thing. And I'm wondering if I should, it would be better to, like, mix it in with the potting soil uh, that I got going, or should I just, you know, pot them up and sprinkle the sulfur stuff on top? Well, here, here's the deal. First of all, the soil acidifier is not that big a deal. It's really not. I grow blueberries. I study fruit science at Mississippi State. My family, we've always done all this kind of stuff. And it's not that big a deal. It's an academic thing. If your soil is not already acidic, it will help acidify it a little bit more. Not necessary, really. Uh, pH is, is it only affects the fertilizer. So if you're going to plant these in the ground and you work a little real Canadian peat moss, I don't mean compost or potting soil, real, that reddish-brown stuff comes out of Canada, it lasts a long time, and uh, you add it to your soil, then they, the blueberries are taken from there. If you have a liquid uh, sulfur, liquid soil acidifier, it lasts about, oh, three or four good water before it washes away. If you want to affect it a long time, you can get powdered. It's called flowers of sulfur, and you mix it with your dirt. It's sort of like adding lime to your dirt. It lasts a long time, you know, a couple of, couple of years or more. So if it's a liquid, it's not going to last that long. If it's a gra- if it's powdered or gr- ground up, it'll last a whole lot longer, and I would mix that in. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got powder, so I'll, yeah, I'll just mix some of that. And it, it doesn't take much. I think like something. I, I can't remember what precision was. Is it's just a, a scant handful at most. Hmm, okay. Um, also, I, and <laughs> going to a different plant. Uh, I'm trying to grow uh, some grapes, and I'm just curious. You know, you, when I look at the stuff online. They have, you know, these elaborate trellis systems. No, 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 no. My family had the first winery in the state since Prohibition. I've been growing muscadines since the 1970s, right? A single wire about chin high with a vine every 20 feet. That's the easiest way to grow them, the easiest way to train them, the easiest way to harvest them, the easiest way to, to, uh, to, to prune them. You know, and these double Geneva curtain systems and all like that. If you if you got mechanical harvesting, that's a big deal. But for backyard use, a single wire, with a post every ten feet, a single wire, sturdy wire, chin high, and a vine every twenty feet, and it grow them like a T or a Y. This is by far the most practical way, and you get almost as much fruit, really. Wow. Okay, doke. Uh, well. 
All right. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> okay. Well, if you have, to, I mean, I'm I'm, re- I'm real opinionated about stuff that I do myself. I want the most with the least, if that makes sense. And so that's that's the approach I always use. And I grow all this stuff. I don't do all that stuff I learned in fruit science because you don't need to. That's scientific stuff. You know, I want production without a whole bunch of effort. Uh, well, I, I guess uh, I, I would ask, uh, is it best to, like, have the, the lines going out, I mean, like, linear? Or, I mean, could you use something like a tomato cage or something? No, 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 no. Let's don't get too fancy here. A stick in the ground. Okay. And when some wires between them. Okie doke. <laughs> Appreciate it, John. All right, thanks. Bye. It's called the, the KISS method. You know that one? No. I just, keep it simple, stupid. There you go. Keep it. Oh. <laughs> you got me on that one. Because I was going to say that sounds simple. There you go. Keep it simple, stupid. Before we go to this next call, I know where the time's getting short, but uh, last week when I got off there, I, I drove up to a place just north between between uh, Itabina, Mississippi uh-huh. and, and uh, Belzona, Mississippi, and saw some 1,000-year-old cypress trees. Wow. It, it's got a place called Sky Lake. It's on Highway 7, j- you know, just like oh, four. We talked about Sky Lake on uh, Creature Comforts. As, as, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, and I'm from the Delta, and I never knew about it. They were awesome. Yeah, no, awesome. Sky Lake is, a, is a, a great place, and they do a lot of nature walks out yeah, there. Got so, a, yeah, you can see wonderful, them. Yeah. Wonderful uh, boardwalk you know, uh-huh. and all, yep. and it's free. So, anyway, uh, between that and the Craftsman Guild, there's some stuff to do this weekend. Now, let's go to Neshoba County and talk with Bill real quick. Bill, start to run out of time, man. What's going on? Okay, well, uh, I have a question about asparagus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to you know, put my bed to sleep for the, uh, the winter, and about a third of the fronds are still green. Should yeah. I wait until they're all brown? Or? No, you go ahead and cut them down. If they were in Wisconsin, they'd already be down by now. Just cut them okay. down and throw some it's a good mulch on there. And think about planting some daffodils around the edge of the bed to have something to look at in the wintertime. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, if you if you're up in Wisconsin, they'd already be gone. Uh, well, there's the music. I guess I'll call you next week. All right, man. Appreciate it. And uh, got a couple of other callers on the line. Sorry, we didn't get to you, but today I'll be was back. Rocking. We were rocking and rolling today. Yeah, I'll be back same time, same place, same same place, same price next week. <laughs> Oh, it's a beautiful weekend, folks. Get outside. Kick around. If you're out in the woods, watch for hunters. Watch for copperheads. But walk around the neighborhood. Look at the camellias and the fall colors and the just brilliant. brilliant. We rarely have weather like this. And you, if you ever kept yourself saying, I wish we had better weather, well, we got it. So use it. I'm Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. Me and Java and Kevin and all the folks at MPB. Hope you all have a good weekend. If you get a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market or garden center. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty.